What is Montrospective? It's what we say to ourselves and our attitude towards it. We repeat mantras over and over again to ourselves. If we're doing it right, they're positive, not negative. What we say affects our attitude and our point of view. We all have dreams and goals, but how many of us know where to start to make them happen? I am fascinated by everyday people who are doing extraordinary things, and I wanted to find out why and how they were able to be successful. I spent 16 years in radio, not as a DJ, but as a promotions director. I never had an interest in being front and center or putting myself out there as a personality. Fast forward to today, I have something to say and messages from incredible people to share. Simply put, I am interested. I want to know what propels everyday people to follow their dreams in the hopes that it will inspire you to do the same. We have one life to live. Let's listen, learn, and share our journey with the world. This is Montrospective. When I started this podcast, it was important to me to not only inspire people to follow their dreams, but to help give them guidance on where to start. Today, I'm taking that to a new level. This episode features a multi-passionate author who helps you live your dreams and manifest whatever you want without worrying about how you'll do it. She's also the host of the And Life podcast. She also authored more than a dozen books and is co-author of the book Miracle Festing, inspiring stories to help you recognize and create every everyday miracles in your life. And if that's not enough, she also writes fiction as Jenny Fierce. I've invited her on today, not only to learn about her, but to help two aspiring authors and dear friends of mine learn exactly what it takes to get their works published. And they get to ask the important questions in just a bit. But first, Jennifer Blanchard, welcome to Montrospective. Hi, so excited to be here. Well, we met through a mutual friend. So thank you, Darcy, for introducing to us. I knew that she had recently published her own book. So I reached out to her and said, hey, I've got this idea. I want to start connecting all of the people I know that are interested in writing to someone who can actually answer all these questions. Google and YouTube can take you so far, but sometimes it's just easier to talk to somebody and kind of eliminate that fear of it's really not as hard as you think it is and just kind of building up that bravery to put your works out into the world but before we get into all that I want to learn a little bit more about you so Jennifer what kind of kid were you and what were your dreams for the future oh gosh I was a kid who didn't like to follow the rules who didn't like to be told what to do um, who was always being creative and actually always looking for ways to make money from the things I was doing so like I know it seems weird. And I, when I look back, I think, wow, I never realized I had that entrepreneurial spirit. But I remember like I would make something like a craft or something where I would do something with my siblings. And then I'd be like, man, I wonder if we can make money from this. I wonder if there's a way to sell this. Or like I was always doing little things at a craft business that I would sell things. So um, I was that kid, that entrepreneurial, curious, like multi-passionate, doing lots of things, um, creative person. Did that carry over as you became a teenager and an adult? Was that instinct still yeah. there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it definitely got downplayed a little bit as I went through high school because, you know, you kind of go through a lot of stuff during that time. But I rediscovered all of that after college, like after I kind of went through and I was I was doing stuff in college that was creative, too. But I feel like I really rediscovered that about myself after college as I kind of got into young adult life and figured you know, what am I doing with my life? Where, where do I want to go and, and trying different things and, and just finding my path. So um, yeah, that definitely carried over. And it's definitely a, a big part of my life now as well. Were you always a writer? Or is that something that developed when you were on your creative path? Yeah, um, no, I've, I've always been a writer. I say I, I've been a writer since I've been old enough to hold a pencil. But, um, but really, yeah, like age 11, I remember actually sitting down and writing short stories. And that's like the first very first time I remember being like, I'm going to be a writer one day, like full-time. That's going to be my thing. Well, and it's kind of crazy because I was kind of like that too. I was a creative writer. I was always writing like screenplays and stuff like that when I was a little kid and just never really thinking anything of it. And then my life took me in a different direction. And now at the age I am, I'm kind of like, oh, I kind of miss that. I would like to write again and be creative and share my story and, and all of those things. And it's kind of weird when you reach a certain age, you almost think that you can't do that anymore, that that's, that's not a realistic dream. That's, that's just something silly you did as a kid. So did that 
alter your creativity at all? The fact that you is you always did it, it was something you always did, or did you have to build up that confidence as an adult as well that what you were writing mattered and you should be putting it out? Yeah. So I think as a kid, I didn't question it. It was like, I just wrote stories, had ideas and didn't really think about it. And then in journalism school, I was really taught to be analytical about what I'm writing and in what's, what's being put out, what information and all these things. And so I, I definitely got a little more um, like careful about things. And then as I started to explore going down the path, I wanted to go with my own writing. This was like 2008 when I decided, okay, I'm going to write my first novel officially and I'm going to do this. And I started my blog and that was kind of the journey I went, you know, to kind of get where I am right now. And I don't know, it was kind of a lot of just knowing that like, this was all something I knew I was going to do eventually, even if I wasn't maybe doing it the entire time. So I definitely um, had moments where I'm like, okay, I'm not sure about what I'm doing, mostly because I wasn't sure, like just different pieces of it. Like, let's say the craft of actually writing a story or something like that. So the confidence had to be built in learning like certain elements of things, like how to actually write a good story and, and story structure and all that stuff. And then it also had to be built up in like, because a lot of the stuff I write now is based on my own life journey and the stuff I've learned and my experiences and the things I think people want to know to change their lives. And so that has definitely taken some confidence to build up because it's like, well, you know, why does anyone care what I have to say? And, and why does this matter to anybody? And so you have to really believe in your message and really believe in what you're doing. And the more you do that, I think that actually helps you to feel more confident in putting yourself out there. And especially once you do it multiple times, you get like, oh, okay, this is just easier now because you've done it so many times. Will you share part of your story on your website that started a few years ago? You kind of went through your own spiritual change and, you know, life was really happening to you a couple of years ago and you had to kind of create your own shift, your own new reality. You were learning about manifestation and all of these things. Can you share a little bit about what that experience was? Cause I think a lot of people can relate to it. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been studying manifestation since, I mean, obviously we've been doing that our whole lives, but consciously since like 2008, when I found the secret, like I've always been interested in that, but I think what you're referring to is something where I most learned that not only that it's a real thing, but that it actually works. Um, so what you're referring to is that I manifested my divorce. So um, yeah, that was something that definitely was not expected because at the time when I made the decision to surrender my relationship to the universe, I was in a place where I was struggling with feeling good consistently. And so I had worked on that for that whole like first half of 2018. And I really felt like I'm, I'm there, I feel really good. But then I was starting to notice all these other areas in my life didn't feel good. And that was definitely one of them. And so I was doing a lot of journaling and inner work and stuff, but I really just couldn't get clear on what is the right decision? Am I supposed to stay? Am I supposed to go? Like, I didn't know. So in that moment, I think the most like trust I've ever had in anything and in like the, the higher power of the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, like in that moment, I just decided, you know what, if all of this is real and we really do get to have what we want and we really can ask for whatever we want. And if we, you know, do our part, like it will show up, then I'm going to try that. I'm just really going to do it and, and just see what happens basically. So what I did was I said, um, universe, I'm so stuck. I don't know what's right for me right now. Like I really feel, um, caught up in this situation because it's like every day it's back and forth should I stay? Should I go? Is this the right one? Is it not? And so I finally just decided I can't decide this. I'm going to delegate it to you to figure out for me. And I'm going to just trust that if this is the right relationship for me, it will shift in some way and become the relationship I want. And if it's not, then I ask that you have him break up with me so that I know that it is 100% for sure that that was the right thing. Now doing this, I honestly had like this much belief, like a tiny little smidge of belief that he would actually break up with me. I did not think that would happen ever. And so for me, that was my way of like asking for something that it was like, if I actually receive this, then I will never again question the power that I have to create my life and the power that I have to ask for help and to get that help. So, um, so I did that. And then right after it was like, okay, if I truly believe that this is surrendered now and that the universe is handling this for me, what am I going to do? And the next thing that came to me was just feel good. Just feel good because your job is always match the vibration of whatever it is you want to manifest. 
And so that's what I did. I just focused on feeling good every single day for as long as possible, getting rid of things that didn't feel good, bringing in more things that did. And it was definitely a process. And I definitely had a lot of things that I did. I mean, this is, I'm generalizing right now because I don't want to take up the whole time talking about this. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of stuff. And if anyone wants to know more about this, you can go to, um, I did a podcast series called 35 and Divorce. It was a, a limited time series. And I have the very first episode. I talk all about this in detail of what I actually did. Um, but then in January of 2019, um, it seemed like a normal day. Everything was just the same thing I normally do. Get up, you know, have breakfast, do my mindset practice. And my now ex-husband literally just sat down across from me and he was like, I don't know how to say this, but I want a divorce. And I just remember being like, wow, did he just say that? Like, really? And then I asked him like, are you being serious? And he was like, yeah. And then he goes into this spiel about like why and all these things. And I wasn't even listening at that point. Cause I was like, oh my God, I got exactly what I asked for. And it was like in the exact way I, I asked for it, like it was everything. And it just blew my mind. But then at the same time felt like this is what we can do. This is the power we have to create our lives when we are willing to co-create with the energy of the universe, whether you want to call that God or higher power or whatever, you know? So, um, so for me, that was the starting point of so many things that have come now, including a book that I'm writing at this moment that is going to be out soon. Um, just talking about how to do the same thing, how to apply that exact same thing to anything that you want. Did that moment in that moment, like my dark humor goes to like you just looking at him going, oh, it's about time. Like, finally, it's happening. <laughs> like, did I mean, you have to reel that in at all? Like, or, you know, was it just the shock of it really that this is happening I'm, right now? It was definitely, I think, a little bit of both because I felt like when he said it and when I confirmed that it was real and this is actually happening, like it definitely felt a little bit like you're out of your body watching this happening kind of experience. But at the same time, it was like, no this is literally what I asked for. And I did my part. I stayed a match to it and the universe showed up and did its part. Like it did exactly what I asked for. And so it was, it was just kind of like a back and forth of, yes, I'm just like, could not be any more grateful, more celebratory, more excited for like where I'm going. And at the same time, I'm freaking terrified. I don't know what's going to happen now. Like what, where, what's going to happen in my life? Like no idea, but the entire actual divorce process that we went through was so simple, so amicable. Like we literally filed our papers together and then went and had lunch and figured out what are we going to write on Facebook to let everybody know what's going on? Because obviously a lot of changes were about to happen. Like I was about to move back home and all these things. So people were going to see this stuff. So it was just so nothing I'd ever experienced before, but I know it was because I literally worked with the energy that exists that we have available to us all the time to make it happen. Well, and thank goodness for that. Cause if you hadn't trusted that, who knows where you'd be, you might still be there. You know, and, and I think about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, these amazing think, things like, would have yeah. happened to you if you would have just not trusted that and let it go, and yeah. and you know went through that entire process. So let's go ahead and talk about your book. So we make sure we get that in, and we'll talk about it at the end too. But tell us a little bit about your new book. Yeah, so my new book is all about how you can basically set the how aside. No longer worry about how you're going to do something. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's manifesting a divorce or manifesting love, or how you're going to make more money, or how you're going to publish your book, or whatever it is you want to do. Everybody gets so caught up on their dreams and their desires because they don't know how they're going to make them happen. And so most of the time we play small, we limit ourselves, and we don't really ask for what it is we truly want because we don't know how it will happen. But if you didn't have to know how, if you could just set the how aside completely and just have what you wanted, how would that be, right? What would be possible? What would you ask for? And for me, like that story was me doing that, was me being like, if I could have him break up with me, this would be the ultimate best thing that I could ever ask for. Because number one, it would prove to me that 100% everything I've been doing and believing for so long is actually true. But also, it would just allow me to not have to be the bad guy for once. Because for me, like that was one of the things that I struggle with for a long time was like, I'm always the one being the bad guy. I'm always the one. And and I also there's a lot of baggage in that area where it's like, there was a lot of guilt coming up where if I left him, like what was going to happen and all these things. And I just didn't want to have to deal with any of that, you know? And when we try to figure out how we're going to do things, we get caught up in stuff like that. We get caught up in doing all these extra steps that we don't need to do and, and creating so much more drama than is actually required. So if you just set that aside, you're able to actually just ask for what you want and then do the things that is actually your job in the process, which is not figuring out how that's never your job. So this book is all about the process that I use to manifest my divorce and how you can apply it to anything, literally anything 
and what your job is in the process and what the universe's job is and how you work with that and, and all of that stuff. So that is what this book is about. And um, really excited to get it out there and, uh, you know, just get this in the hands of everybody in the entire world who gets caught up on how, who feels like they overthink things, who feels like they have to control stuff, like especially creative people, writers, people who have big dreams, but they don't know how to make them happen. And so they hold back. I don't want you to do that anymore. And I'm going to show you how you don't have to do that anymore. I'm going to make this required reading for all the <laughs> classes that I'm teaching right now, because that is so much of it. You're a hundred percent right. And a lot of that is not being able to let go or not knowing how to. And it's actually right. a lot simpler than we give it credit for because we as humans try to make everything difficult. So if you can yeah. read it in a book and read yeah. about somebody else's experience and be inspired by that, that's going to help a lot of people. So when and yeah. where can people get this? So it's coming this spring. I don't have the official published date yet, but my goal is May. So hopefully by then, um, but definitely by the end of that month, if not the beginning, um, I have kind of a date in mind, but I'm just kind of giving myself space because I'm still in the finishing process. So I just like to make sure that everything that wants to download to me that needs to be in this is going to, is going to be in it. So I'm really kind of treating this differently than any book I've ever written before, actually. Cause usually I write my books, like sit down and write them in a week, two weeks, like, and get them done. Uh, because that's just my process. But this one has really been like every day, just new things are shown to me of like what needs to go in here. And, um, and really me sharing my story in a way that I haven't really done before. So, um, so yeah, it's coming soon. And, um, the link, I'll give you the link for it. Um, I want, don't want to say it on the, the actual recording because it does have an F word in it. Um, but I will give you the link to link people to where they can check the book out. We will do that. And I will make sure to keep up on when it's releasing so we can remind everybody about it. Cause I'm excited to read that. I think your story is like I said, one that a lot of women and probably men too can relate to if you're in a difficult yeah. relationship or like you said, it applies to anything in your life, but just the fact that you were able to manifest that prove to yourself that, wow, this is real and it's really powerful. And now what am I capable of now? What can I really do with my life? That yeah. is exciting for a lot of people. So yeah. we'll go ahead and transition into two more guests who are very dear friends of mine. We met in a very unique way. Um, I've never met them in person before. They have been my friends for a little over a year now. We met through um, some life coaching groups and they're two of the coolest people I know. So we are welcoming Carrie from Minnesota and Lena from England, all the way across the pond um, where it is super late at night. So thank you for joining us uh, today. But they're both aspiring writers and they've been writing. It's not something that's just come to them. They've been writing for a long time and they're really interested in the next steps. What do I do to make my dreams of being a published author come to fruition? So I wanted to introduce the three of you and let you guys have a discussion and ask all those questions that you've always wanted to know um, from someone who's done it. So Carrie and Lena, take it away. Thank you for doing this. This is great. Um, just a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Um, and I don't know, I guess we probably just jump right in with thoughts and questions. Um, so uh, I'm kind of curious, you know, does your genre of story determine what kind of publishing is going to be best for you? Um, when you mean what kind of publishing, do you mean like whether you're going to go self-publishing or whether you're going to go traditional? Yeah kind of along those lines yeah yeah I mean I don't know that the genre is what matters so much but more just what is your overall goal so like if you really truly want to see your book in a bookstore and and will feel like your life is a total waste and your writing career is a total waste if you don't get to see that then maybe you want to go the traditional route because that is something that is more of a challenge for a self-published author not necessarily that it's impossible but that it's more of a challenge because self-published authors don't typically get stocked in bookstores so if that's something you, you desire to have, or let's say you want to hit the New York Times bestseller list, like, again, that's more of a challenge for a self-published author because they don't really consider that stuff when they put that list together. So you have to really think about what your goal is. And if you don't care about that stuff, then it really doesn't matter if you decide to self-publish versus go the other route. But if you're like, that stuff really matters to me, 
then self-publishing really wouldn't be the best fit for you because it's not going to get you a direct beeline to the goals that you have, let's say. Well, and really quick, I think so much of that has to do with format too. If you're talking about a physical, tangible book, that makes things a little bit harder, but you do a lot of your stuff digitally, don't you, Jennifer? Yeah. Oh yeah. I have eBooks and also print books. Okay. So is one easier than the other? Um, I mean, not, not anymore. It maybe used to be, but now like Amazon especially makes it so easy. Like you, you just have to have your files. One is a digital file. One is going to be the print file. And then you just upload everything. I mean, it's really not any more difficult, especially if you have somebody who's going to do the layout for you and and handle all that stuff. So you're not trying to figure it out yourself. Um, It's it's pretty easy at this point to self-publish. That's, that's something that, and in both ways, it's a good and bad thing because definitely it lowers the bar, obviously, for some people. I hope that I would impart to people that you don't want to do that. You always want to treat your self-published book like a traditional publisher would. Get an editor, get it laid out properly, like get a cover design that's, that's actually professionally done. Do the due diligence that you would if you were going the traditional route, but just publish it yourself. Lena here. Um, thank you very much for this. Um, um, what would your advice be for someone who um, lacking a little bit in belief in what you're doing is good enough uh, to get that extra step to take take the big step and get it published? So, okay. I, I kind of am hearing two things here. So is this like about this confidence to believe in your work or is this about yeah, confidence yeah, to get a yeah. traditional publishing deal no no the confident and believing that what you're doing is good enough to get out there in whatever to format. put out there okay yeah so i mean first of all you have to know you have to know where you're at right so if if you're just writing something in a vacuum meaning like no one's ever seen your stuff you've never taken any classes or worked with the editor or someone who understands how to tell a story or how to write a good book like and you're just kind of shooting in the dark in that case, like it makes it harder to feel confident because you don't really know, like, how is this compared to what's actually out there? And, and am I doing things in a way that is going to resonate with the reader or do I like, am I missing story structure? Am I missing the things that's going to be required to actually make this work and be compelling for somebody to want to finish? So it's really like looking at all that stuff. And I think for me, like I built my confidence just by knowing what I wanted to do with my writing. And then where do I have gaps to fill? Where do I not know something like story structure when I was writing my fiction was a big one for me because I hadn't learned that. And that was actually a challenge that became, okay, my mission, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to master this because I know that this is an, a necessary tool for me being the writer. I see myself in the future, right? The, the one who writes lots of fiction and has their books turn into movies and writes screenplays and all this stuff. Like screenwriters know story structure. They're taught that from the very first day, but novelists, not so much. So it's, it's looking at what do I need to create that confidence for myself? Sometimes it is something that you need to learn. Then other times, if you're like, okay, I know all this stuff. I know that I've, I've got, and I think when you, when you know all that stuff and you've been imp- actually applying it to your writing for a, a while, you will automatically start feeling more confident because you know, okay, yeah, doing a good job. Um, something else that helps is like, I like to read other not necessarily when I'm working on something, but in a break time when I'm not working on something, I might read more fiction in the genre that I enjoy or more books in the genre that I like. So that way I'm, I'm kind of seeing how do I compare to what's out there and to the things that I consider to be good because you know I'm not going to compare myself to everything, but to the genre I want to write and the authors that I like in that genre, how do I compare to that? Like, do I feel my stories are on the same level? Yeah, I do. I, I think they're equally as good as theirs. And my writing isn't the same, but whatever. So it's, it's just kind of things like that, I think really builds your confidence up. And then the other biggest part of it is having a daily mindset practice. So something you're doing every day to remind yourself of the fact that you are awesome, that you are doing a good job, that you, you do know what you're doing and whatever else you need to remind yourself of and reprogram for yourself, because our mindset and the beliefs that we have and the way we think about things is always going to be a barrier to us believing in ourselves or us thinking that we're not any good. I don't know if I answered the question. I think that's brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's say you're, you're good. You're confident with yourself. Um, and you've got it edited 
and you've decided which route of publishing you want to go, what do you do next? Well, uh, depends because which I, route you've chosen. Well, so, okay, let's, okay, so for, because Lena and I are both, we're, we're newbies. Um, and I, would you, so I guess it's kind of like a two-part thing. Um, you want me to just explain what I would do for each? Probably, because I can't, okay. quite, so, you know. Yeah, I will just say that I have not gone the traditional route. So I'm going to speak from the experience of the clients I've worked with who had and just stuff that I know from the industry. And I can't speak from my own personal experience on this. But from what I know with that, a lot of times, if you know you want to go traditional, your best bet is to start building an audience now. So start getting a following online, start getting an email list built up because traditional publishers these days are looking for authors who have a platform. They're looking for people who already have people to sell books to. And this is simply because there are so like the what they're investing in now the money they have to spend on things like they're not they're not investing in smaller newer authors as much as they used to so and now this isn't true of everybody there are definitely publishers out there who are doing this i'm not trying to create limiting beliefs for anybody so whatever you want there is someone out there who matches that and you can have anything that you want so let me just say that but if you're going to go traditional start building an audience start getting a following online and also start looking for an agent basically so that's your first thing is that you need an agent in order to start talking to publishers um unless you're looking for like a small press or something in which case you might be able to go directly to them and you could like search for different ones and then go to their website and look if they ask uh, it'll say on there like we take submissions or we don't take submissions and they'll give you all the rules and all the things you have to do but mostly if you're going traditional you're going to want to have an agent because that's the person who's going to actually be pitching your book to publishers and actually negotiating things for you um, and all of that stuff. So that's that's really the traditional route. Once you have the agent, they're going to actually talk to the publishers, send the book out. They're going to try to sell it, um, you know, and all that stuff. So they're going to be like your liaison basically between you and getting published. Once they get you a deal, then you start working with the publishing house's editor and whoever else is your contact there, as well as your agent. And then that's kind of out of your hands once you get there. Like they're going to basically tell you what they're going to want to do at that point. Are they going to design the cover for you? Like, are you going to get a say in it? Like all this will get negotiated for you in your, your like contract or whatever that you have with them. And then from there, it's like, you might get an advance. If you do, how it works is you basically get it up front, but then you don't get any extra money from your royalties until that gets paid back. Plus whatever other money they're investing in things. So, and also when you're newer, like book publishing, they don't give you that big of an advance. So it's not like, it's not like when you're a screenwriter, screenwriter, I think the minimum is 250 K. So like in that case, you're kind of covered because there's, there's a whole like thing with screenwriting, um, which is different than book publishing. So that's kind of your, your traditional thing. The other thing is the timing of the book coming out, traditional publishing. Once you actually get accepted, it could be anywhere from 15 to 18 months before it even comes out. So these are just things to kind of keep in mind, you know, like, do you want to write a lot of books? And if you do, are you going to be okay with having to wait that long for each of them to come out? It's like, for me, I couldn't do that. I want to write tons of books. I write tons of books. So there's no way that I can do that. Also, I'm a control freak. I have to be in control of my stuff. I have to be able to. So if you want to go the other route, which is self-publishing, again, still make sure you do the diligence you would if you were going traditional. So still get an editor, get it done professionally so that it looks good and it can compete with the books out there that are traditionally published. Cause that's really the best thing is that people can't tell the difference, right? They're reading your book and they can't tell the difference. Like, yeah, maybe they didn't buy it in a bookstore, but it looks exactly like a book that they bought in a bookstore, right? The quality of it is just as good. And that's what you're going for with self-publishing. Now it's pretty easy to achieve that now because you have Amazon, which really just makes it simple entry into the marketplace. Um, and once you, like you said, if you've got everything edited, you've got all your stuff, like, you can literally upload today and your book could be live in the next 24 to 48 hours. So um, it's pretty awesome. So let's say you, I don't know like where you want to start if with the process of self-publishing, but let's say you finish your manuscript. Now you're done. You've uh, said, this is it. I'm not going any further. I'm good. Like I edited it. I've worked with an editor. All this is done. So now you're, you're good. Next step is obviously formatting. So you have to get an interior designer, somebody to format the interior of the book for both Kindle, like ebook, and also print if you're going to go that route, which I would recommend. You might as well do both at the same time. Uh, I didn't do that, actually. I actually just did ebooks for the most part. So I have like two or three books that are print and ebook, but mostly just ebook. So now I'm going back this year and getting them all made into print as well. 
but I would just from now all my new books just I do them both at the same time it didn't make sense why I didn't do that but you know whatever it was a while ago I would do them both at the same time now so get a print file and a digital file of your interior obviously you're going to get a cover design same thing there find somebody to um, design a cover for you that matches whatever your vision is plus what they think is a good vision for the book you know kind of collaborative and once you have all of those files it's literally just entering information in your Amazon account and uploading stuff and then hitting publish. Like it's pretty simple at that point. Is Amazon a pretty good one to start with if you're yeah. new to this? I mean, I recommend it because it's free. The entry is real, like it's free. You can just upload your stuff and go. Like you don't have to learn extra things. You don't have to pay extra money to get like ISBNs and all these things. Like they just handle all that stuff for you. So it's definitely the easiest way to get in and to get started. And especially if you know, like, I'm going to write a lot of stuff. It's, it's definitely a great way because it's not costing you anything to publish your books other than just getting an interior done, which I can give you resources and things if you guys want to know um, where it can make it easier. Like I have a program that I bought. Um, it's called Vellum, V-E-L-L-U-M. And it's like um, $150, $200, depending on which version you get but I got the one where you can make eBooks and print books. So like now I just designed the interior of my book myself. And it's literally as simple as upload your word file into the program and it lays it out for you. And all you have to do is decide, do I want to change the header? Or do I want to change certain things? But like it's done. It takes like two minutes. It's awesome. And you know, that's just one way if you don't want to hire someone to do the layout for you, or you could get somebody who actually does the layout for you. And um, there are lots of people out there, like you can go to Fiverr and find people or um, Upwork, like different sites like that. And then cover design, same thing. So like Fiverr is where I found all my cover designers and, um, or I've done my own actually on Canva uh, back in the day when I was just doing the ebook only, um, which again, maybe not the most professional way, but if you're trying to do something quickly, Canva has very nice templates that are designed by professionals. So it's not like they're just like poorly done templates they are really nicely done. So you could just use one of those if you really wanted to just get an ebook out there quickly. And then you could later down the road, you know, get it done professionally. But obviously if you can start off that way, that's better. So my next question is, you know, I have a marketing background. I was in marketing for 25 years, but never marketed a book. So, okay, you get it uploaded to Amazon. It's up there. It's live. It's ready. But you've self-published. You don't have a marketing team behind you. Um, maybe you don't have the huge following yet that you want with a giant email list and all of those things. What other things can you do to get the word out about your book? Well, obviously, social media, you're going to be on there somewhere. So start again, keep, keep building your following, keep doing that. Um, but start guest posting. So guest posting is basically you write a con like piece of content, an article, um, sometimes like video, depending on the site for someone else's website, someone else who has a following an audience, um, obviously someone related to the topic of your book, if it's a nonfiction or, um, the genre that you write, if it's a fiction book, but you're going to look for like, where are there people who already have a following that is the same audience that I would want to be in front of. And then you're going to want to approach those people and write for them if possible. So like um, a guest post or offer them some kind of content or maybe do like a giveaway of your book and like a contest that they can do for their audience where like they get free copies of your book or, you know, whatever. There's lots of things. And it's really just about building relationships with the different people out there and um, and then just being really proactive about it and, um, you know, making sure that you're uh finding the people who actually have your target audience and not just going anywhere because that's the other thing. Like you work really hard and just get out there, but then if it's not in front of the right audience, no one's going to buy the book. So you want to make sure that it's find the audience. Where is the audience already? And then how can I get in front of that audience that's already exists? Does um, Amazon offer any of their services in that way? I know when it's, you know, traditional publishing, obviously you can get on, the Amazon bestsellers list and all of that. Is it the same way when it's self-published? Yeah. So with self-publishing, I mean, you can pay for advertising on Amazon for sure. Like that's, that's an option and it's affordable from what I've heard. I haven't actually tried it yet, but like from what I hear, a lot of authors use it that they don't have to pay a lot and it ends up helping them get a lot of traffic to their book just on Amazon. Um, but really like what's helped me the most is having more than one book out. So like once you've got a few books out, Amazon has this feature called people also viewed. And so like someone's looking at your book 
if someone also looked at one of your other books or they might also say also from this author. So like, it just shows like, oh, here's your, you're looking at one book and oh, wait, here's two other books by the same author. So like, they're kind of doing some of the stuff for you. Just like by having multiple books, you're, you're giving yourself the chance that more people are going to find your stuff. But also if someone buys something, they could like, oh my gosh, you have six books. I'm going to buy all of them. So always having multiple books is a really good way to sell more books is just like having, because once someone likes one book, they're going to most likely want the other ones too. They're going to, oh yeah, I need to get those. So, um, so that's really helpful too. But Amazon for the most part, like it's, you're gonna have to pay, obviously like pay for advertising and all that stuff. Um, but really like from what I've heard from my friends who do have traditional book deals, they don't do that much marketing for you these days anymore anyway. So you're really better doing it yourself because at that point, like the money's going in your pocket and not theirs. And you're getting just like a small fraction or possibly nothing from it. Just going back to your first book, what made you decide, okay, I'm going to go for this? So I had been blogging. I started a blog in 2008 and it was 2000, like beginning of 2010. And I was realizing like, man, I have a ton of content. And the topic of my blog was about procrastination. It was called procrastinating writers. And that was what I was at the time. So that's why I called it that. And I also wrote a lot of stuff exploring where's procrastination come from? How do we overcome it? Like all these things. So at that point, like two years down the road, I had so much content about procrastination that I was like, man, this could be a book. And so literally what I did was I just took 50 to 60 articles I'd already written for my blog. And I just figured out a way to make them all work together in a book format, meaning like um, organizing them into chapters or to like, okay, this section is about this topic and adding things that needed to be added that weren't there or like weaving stuff together. So there was transitions. But for the most part, it literally came from me just blogging for two years and having a ton of content that needed somewhere else to go. <laughs> um, is there, it sounds like when, if you go the self-publishing route, there's not a whole lot of money up front. Yeah, I mean, definitely no money up front unless you have an audience already and you can do something like either um, like pre-sell the book to them somehow. So like I have an example I can give you in a second uh, of someone who did this. But basically um, you could have your audience like either paying ahead of time for the book or paying you to like give you the chapters ahead of time, things like that. Or you could pre-set up a pre-sale like on Amazon and then you're not gonna get the money up front, but like people are buying the book ahead of time so, you know, when the book comes out, I'm going to get X amount of dollars because I've already sold this many books, like, let's say. So you kind of know ahead of time. So what I was going to say is there was an author. Well, she's a coach, um, a, a money empowerment coach, a money mindset coach. And she just wrote a book. Her name is Amanda Francis. And um, she basically had a traditional publishing deal, but she turned it down because she was like, I have a huge audience. They're not giving me equivalent um, money for what I know my audience would give me to write this book for them. So what she ended up doing was walking away from that. And she basically sent an email to her audience and set up a book club where she had like 430 people pay her every month, a certain amount of money, like a membership thing to get a new chapter of the book, to get to see stuff early, to get behind the scenes of it, like to be part of the process as she wrote this book. And then they also got an extra like special copy that no one else could ever get because it had like it was limited run just for those people and it had like a, a letter from her and she signed them all but like she made six figures from doing that and yeah she already had an audience but like it's still so she got paid a huge amount of money to write the book and then after that she published it and then in the first 30 days she sold like 12,000 copies so she made like 30 grand the first month and from what I heard on a podcast recently that she just was on she's selling about 15 grand every couple of weeks. So like, she's, she's really doing well as a self-published author. Now, yeah, she did have an audience already. So like I was saying, definitely start building your audience because that's, that's key for anything. Because once you have an audience, you have people built in to sell your books to, to tell, Hey, I have this new book out. And that will also help if you want to be somebody who can make some money up front before you publish your book. But yeah, obviously you're not going to get an advance from anybody when you're self-publishing. I realized I asked the question wrong. <laughs> that was that was great information. So that was wonderful. Okay, <laughs> okay good. Are there any upfront costs when you are self-publishing? Yeah. So the only cost really would be depending on how you're going to go. So if you're going to go Amazon, it's free to publish. But what you are going to pay for is your cover design and your interior design. 
unless you're doing that yourself somehow, in which case, obviously, then it doesn't cost you anything. Most likely, you're not going to do that. So it could be anywhere from like, I don't know, I've seen cover designs for 30 to $100 on, on like Fiverr, sometimes less, sometimes more. So it's a range, but it doesn't cost much to, no. to publish other than like, you need an editor, that's going to probably be your biggest expense is hiring an editor to like go through your book for you and, and either line edit or give you developmental edit. I'm about to say editing and feedback at the same time. <laughs> developmental edits and feedback. Wow. Um, just so that you know that like this is, especially if it's your first book, like you just want to make sure that you've done a good job and you're not just publishing something that is going to end up being like a flop. So you definitely want to get that. Those are really your biggest expenses. Other than that, it doesn't really cost anything. Now, you could go through, there are lots of like, what they call them, self-publishing companies. So not Amazon, but like a company that you can pay and they'll do all that stuff for you. So basically like you pay them, I don't know, $1,500, let's say, and they edit your book and they do the cover and they do the layout and they upload it and they do all the things and you just have to pay them and that's it. So there's that option and that would obviously have upfront costs as well. But for the most part, like my books haven't cost me very much to publish because I have editors that, well, because of where I, what I do and all that, I have editors who are friends of mine. So I don't have to pay a ton of money for that. Cover designs haven't been, so it's, it's not like it's super expensive for sure. I mean, you can definitely, and you can do it for very, very cheap if you want. Like I said, I, when I was first starting out, like not in 2010, cause I had someone do it, but like, let's say in 2016, I was designing covers on Canva just to get my eBooks out every month. Cause I was writing a book a month at that point. So I was like, just get it out. And my books are short. So I'm not like writing 300, 400 page books or something. They're not, they're not super long. Um, but for this, the kind of how I designed it, I like short books. I like the idea of one result, one thing to focus on. Now, if you're talking fiction, those are anywhere from 150 to 250 pages, depending on the book. But overall, um, it, it doesn't really cost anything to, to get it out there. So sorry, it's kind of a roundabout answer. No, that was a good answer. No, but this is good so far. Isn't it taking the fear out of it a little bit for you to know that actually it's a lot easier, I'm doing it in air quotes, than you expected it to be? Because traditionally, a lot of us think that you have to, again, hire the agent, go the traditional route, get told no a thousand times by all these different publishers. When you have the power yourself to make those decisions yourself, you don't need the approval of anybody else. If you're willing to put in the work, do everything correctly, and then, you know, promote the heck out of it, you, you can be yeah. your own success. Yeah. And sometimes, and this is what I'm planning on doing. Sometimes you build up enough of, you basically publish your books, you're self-published, whatever you're doing your thing. And you sell enough copies or get enough attention that a traditional publisher comes to you and says, Hey, we want to republish this book or we want to buy your next book or whatever it is. So like, I don't know if anyone remembers this book, but the Martian, it was a book that got turned into a movie a few years back. That was actually a self-published book. It was a self-published novel that he just put out there and started to tell people about it. And it got picked up by a traditional publisher and then it got reprinted and then it got turned into a movie. Um, Amanda Hawking, same thing. She was a self-published author, wrote multiple books, huge uh, following, grew a huge following fiction. And then she got picked up by like a big five, I think Penguin picked her up. So, so one of those publishers. So basically you can leverage being a self-published author. So rather than, so this was my, my thing. I could spend 18 months, two years, pitching agents and trying to, you know, getting rejected a thousand times, like you're saying, or I could spend 18 months writing books, publishing them and building a following. And to me, that felt way more efficient and valuable than doing the other way and going, okay, well, when I have enough books out there, eventually an agent will find me because I'm going to have a big enough following that people will know me and know about me. So that's been my version of it. And that's what I choose to do because I don't like to waste time and I'm very impatient. So yeah, there's no way I could ever wait 18 months for a book to come out, especially once it's already done. No, no. Well, and your mental health has to be so much better because you haven't been told no a thousand times, you know, <laughs> and, and you're that. not second guessing <laughs> yourself. I mean, really, because that's right. part of it. We're, we all fear rejection and nobody likes it. You know, it's just something that we naturally have to go through. But in this instance, 
you can. You can take charge of your own life, your own creativity, your own work, not be told no, and just really get it out there. So that's exciting to hear. You know, I certainly didn't know that it was, you know, and again, I'm using smaller words, but that's simple of a process to get something done that um, kind of motivates me a little bit more to actually look at my stuff. You could complicate it if you wanted to. There's sure. other ways to make it more complicated for sure. <laughs> like I know traditional or health published authors who go like lightning source and then they have to actually do things like get ISBNs and, um, you know, other, other things that do cost money that they have to do that, you know, you wouldn't have to do if you just go straight up Amazon. So again, you have to really decide what is the, what is my goal? What is it that I want to do right now? Like for me, Amazon was just the easiest thing, get my stuff up, get it out there and get to the next thing. Because for me, I'm somebody who knows I've got hundreds of books in me and I've got to get them out. And there's no way that that's happening in a traditional book setting, not going to happen. So for me, that was like, that is the route that I'm going. But for some people, like I have friends who are like, no, I have like two books, maybe I'm going traditional because I want those books to have whatever, live on the traditional shelf and all that. That's great. You just have to know what you want and know which version is best for you. And then just do that. And for me, like, I like easy. I like simple. I like things that don't, take me a lot of time and effort to have to do. So I'm like, if it's efficient and I feel like it's how I'm going to do it, then I can always change it later. You know, I can always do something else later. I can always republish my books another way if I feel like it or take them down and pitch an agent and go traditional if I wanted to. Like there's always options. And I actually had a friend who published, self-published her novel. It got a lot of good, like a lot of good feedback and people were really reading it. And she ended up getting a traditional deal. So she just took the book off Amazon and now it's published through traditional instead. Yeah, no, I'd say that that the whole publishing thing was my biggest fear, really. You know, that's the the, the rejection, because having had that, you know, been through all that in other ways, um, that, that knocks you confident a lot, but doing it this way would be, it takes all that bit out of it and makes it a bit more possible in some ways. Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind about rejection is that it's never, ever a rejection of you. It's just a rejection of what you maybe have been working on in the moment or what you, your book, because it, it's not even about like, oh, your book sucks. I mean, if you didn't do your work to make sure that you wrote something that was, that was good before you started submitting, like maybe your book does suck, but most likely you didn't do that. So most likely what's happening is, the book just doesn't match what that publisher has going on in the next 18 months or what they have on their trajectory or their plans for the next however long. So like, it's not that they're rejecting you. And you can see this like Harry Potter and all these people who got rejected so many times and then it got picked up eventually. Like it was just not a fit for that publisher in that moment. But that does not mean that it is not a fit somewhere, that there's not someone out there that would want it, that would want to publish it. So don't give up if that is something you know you want to do. Like, I know I can't, I have to go traditional. That Some people feel that way. And if you do, like, just know that it's never a rejection of you and there is somebody out there who would love to buy your book. And also do mindset work, work on your mindset because a lot of the rejection thing I think happens too because you don't believe in what you're putting out there. And so it's, it's almost like a reflection of that inner belief that you don't have. So like believe in what you're doing by, creating that mindset practice so that you remember, oh yeah, I, I believe in what I'm doing and I'm doing something that's worthwhile and that it's valuable. That's going to be, because when you put things out with that energy, I feel like it's going to be harder to get rejected. Well, you've got endless amounts of free advice on your website and you also work with people to help them do exactly this. Do you want to share a little bit about um, if somebody's interested in working with you, what they can expect and how they can reach out. Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm not necessarily doing editing and book coaching so much as I used to, but I definitely have a team member who does that for me and helps with that. And I kind of work with her. So if that's something that people are looking for, they can definitely um, get help with that. But the main thing that I'm working with people on now is the inner stuff. It's the mindset stuff. It's the getting you to believe in yourself and to believe in what you're doing and also to move past the limitations and the, the blocks you've given yourself because you didn't know how you were going to make something happen. So like, let's say, for example, you want to be a best-selling author, but you don't know how that's going to happen. So you just tell yourself, it's not possible. I'm not even going to care. It's not something I'm going to give myself permission to even want. Like, I'm going to help you to want what you actually want and believe you can have it by 
setting the how aside and actually showing you that you get to have what you want. And I'm going to teach you the process to make sure that you don't have to get caught up on how anymore. And you can really just focus on what you want. And then just doing the inner work around becoming a match to receiving it. And, and this is kind of an energetic thing. But um, so I mostly work with people now on mindset stuff, on the inner stuff and on, you know, manifesting the things that they want. So if that's something that you want help with, that that's also something I can do. Um, my website, jenniferblanchard.net. You can find me there. There's contact form and reach out or Facebook messenger either way. Um, and I'm happy to have a chat with you and, and see if there's something I can help with. Do either of you have any last questions for Jennifer before I ask her a few more? No, I just want to say thank you. This has been great. Um, very eye-opening and can we say comforting to know about the process not being so absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah. like the, the self-publishing route, I, the one word that kept coming back to me was, or the one phrase was, this would allow me to be more creative and just get more stuff out there and keep writing and not have to worry about, you know, all those, yeah. you know, the heavy weight of going the traditional route. Yeah. Cause it, it can be annoying. Like a friend of mine, she sold her novel to an agent, picked her up and she was basically working on selling her novel and a year went by and she couldn't sell it to any publishers. So she basically was like, okay, let's come up with something else. And so she made her go back to the drawing board and come up with a bunch of new ideas. So she came up with a bunch of new ideas and then the agent didn't like any of those. So then it was like, okay, so now they have, she has a story that isn't published and she has all these ideas for stories she could write, but she can't write them because the agent says no. Like to me, that's just so limiting. And it's just like, those stories were given to you for a reason because you're the one who can bring them to life. So like, rather than limit yourself, self-publishing allows you to expand. And also a lot of traditional publishers are doing hybrid now where they're, they're, publishing through their same traditional thing, but they're also publishing things that maybe their traditional publisher wouldn't want from them or would be like a different genre or like something that, you know, they necessarily, I don't know, they're trying something out. Maybe they're doing something with a pen name and they're kind of, they're trying to do their own thing. So like, there's a lot of options to kind of do whatever it is you want to do. But I definitely think, yeah, the creativity, it's unlimited when you have self-publishing because you can do whatever you want. Of course, doing the due diligence of, making sure you're putting out a good product, right? Because if you write something and you just throw it up on Amazon, like, and then you get upset that it doesn't sell or people don't buy it or the reviews aren't there, like, you know, you can only, you can only sell something to the level of quality that it is, right? So like, make sure you're doing a really good job. And if you are, and you know that, then self-publish, right? And, and put yourself out there because it deserves to be out there. <laughs> you know, it deserves to be out there and you have great ideas and great stories and things that people you never know could change their lives. And like, imagine if you just didn't put it out there because some agent told you that you can't or that it's not the right thing or, you know, so I, again, I'm, I'm kind of just a person who doesn't like to be told what to do. So I could never go traditional. I don't think unless it was on my own terms. So, um, so yeah, I would definitely say if you feel called to self-publish, do it. It's never going to hurt you in the sense that like, you're, you're always going to have something. You can always go another direction if you wanted to, but at least that is, I'm putting my stuff out there and I'm not continuing to just let it sit on my computer, which is what it's doing right now. I'd like to say thank you very much. I've been big eye opener and also, yeah. um, but also made me realize I can actually be in control of it all because you hear so much about if you've been dictated a bit, it's a bit like in the music industry um, where, you know, they get told they have to write so many songs for a record you know you you get dictated a bit but this doing it through the self-publishing bit obviously doing it all correct and all the rest of it but you are in control yeah and, yeah. That, I, and I mean when you get to the Taylor Swift level you can do whatever you want <laughs> so like you can see her now she's re-releasing her album that she published before <laughs> with the songs that she wanted on there that they wouldn't let her put on there so like yeah you can get, the, you know, like you can, you can do it all. So like start where you're at, allow yourself to just put yourself out there, gain some confidence, build an audience, and then, you know, go from there. The, the options are unlimited. Jennifer, these last few questions are what I ask all of my guests. So, um, just nervous. Ask I be nervous. Yeah, no, 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 no nervousness, no nervousness. In fact, I, I know you're how you're going to answer the first one already. So how do you deal with criticism? Oh, um, I 
just, God, that's, I would say what I would say, but I won't drop the F-bomb on here. So I, I would say, I would say F the haters, um, that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, because at the end of the day, it's about what you think and what you feel about yourself. And if you know you're doing a good job and you know that you've done the due diligence of what you're doing, it doesn't matter what some other person has to say. So like criticism is going to happen automatically. It's just part of it. And so like, if you can know that and know that it's just part of it, it makes it easier to deal with. Also mindset practice. I cannot tell you enough mindset practice. Like that is like, makes you bulletproof. You don't care. You're literally just like, Oh, whatever. Let it roll off. Like, yeah, it might bother you for a minute or something. But after that, you're just like, no, I'm good because you have a consistent practice of reminding yourself that you're good. You're good. Yeah. I don't have to worry. I'm good. Like, otherwise it's easier to kind of fall victim to someone saying something negative about you. And suddenly it's like ruins everything. Mindset practice. Okay. <clears throat> perfect. No, it's absolutely <laughs> perfect because I mean, that's, that's what consistency consistently a lot of entrepreneurs and successful people say is that you just have to block out all that noise and just know that you're doing the best that you can do. And as long as you're satisfied and happy with that, that's all that matters at the end of the day. And also keep in mind, like, well, two things, one haters hate themselves. So like you just just feel bad for them that they're spending their time hating on something when they could be creating something of their own. But the other thing is if it's criticism, maybe there's some merit in it. Maybe like, I don't know, look at it. Is there is it something where maybe like I had someone comment before, like, oh, the formatting of this book is kind of crappy. Yeah. Well, at the time I didn't exactly have the money to do formatting properly. So I just chucked it up on Amazon and put it out there. But like, that was a legit criticism, you know? So it's like something that I, I had to keep in mind, like, okay, at some point I'm going to get this redone and then it will look better. And this comment won't matter anymore. But sometimes the criticism isn't necessarily, I mean, it might hurt, but like, it's still kind of true. So look at what it is that's being said too. And, and really, is there something I can take away from this and use to my advantage? What inspires you? Everything, everything, but mostly just living life. I feel like and, and tapping into like the stuff that I've experienced and, and what I want other people to not have to do or not have to do or go through, you know, like um, things that I struggle with or things that I took way longer to learn than other people need to take that much time, you know, like um, that, that definitely inspires me to want to share and just get stories out there. And then the other thing, just being like, just, I honestly get what I call divine downloads where like, I'll just be walking around doing something and next thing you know, bam, story idea. And it's like a whole story has just like laid itself out in my mind. And it's like really weird, but, um, but that happens to me all the time, all the time. And, uh, so yeah, I think just inspiration comes from everywhere, living life and, and just being out there, um, questioning things and thinking about things and exploring things that you're interested in. One final question. What yeah. mantra do you say to yourself that keeps you going every day? Oh gosh. Okay. Um, well, I say a lot of them actually. I don't even know that I could pick one that I say every day. That's like, that's the one, but one I will share, which is the one that I live by. And I've actually tattooed it on my arm, um, which is feeling good is the point and the path. So that's something I remind myself almost every day. Like I said, I tattooed it on my arm. It's like the message that I share with the world. And the reason that this mantra is important is because feeling good is the reason we want everything. It's the reason you want to publish your book. It's the reason you want to write the book. It's the reason you want to have a readership and get money from it and all these things. Like it's because you know that that's going to feel good to you. So feeling good is the point of everything you want. Well, feeling good is also the path. So you cannot receive the things you want if you're not matching them vibrationally and in the energy that is the same as that energy. So like, the things you want are on the feel good path. And so in order for you to receive those things, you also have to feel good. So know that and then don't do things that don't feel good to you. So if you're like, I don't want to pitch agents. I don't want to go traditional. Like don't force yourself to do something you don't want to do because it doesn't feel good. And that is never going to be the path to you getting the things you want in life. So really trust the things that feel good to you and allow yourself permission to let that be your guide forevermore. I don't know about you guys, but I'm completely fired up right now and just really excited about literally the next chapter of what, you know, we could all be doing and, you know, where we could all be a year from now when we put away, you know, all those limiting beliefs and everything and all those fears that we've had and actually start creating and sharing that with the masses. So Jennifer, thank you so much. This has been so, so educational and inspirational and motivating. 
um, not only for Carrie and Lena and myself, but for everybody listening, I'm sure right now, who thought a dream like this was out of reach. And guess what? It's not. Um, So if you're interested in learning more about Jennifer, her books and programs and how she can help you, visit jenniferblanchard.net. And I am going to link on all the social media and on my website. She's got a freebie offer for you. Um, And we're going to tell you all about her upcoming book. And Carrie and Lena, thank you both as well for being brave enough to come on here and trying something new. And for all of your amazing questions, um, I think that um, Jennifer shed a lot of light for us on on all the things we've been talking about the last few months about what holds us back from, from doing these things. And I think those things have just been eliminated. So thanks for listening, everybody. And we will talk to you again next week. Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon.